Welcome to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for this podcast is brought to you by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by Lynda.com. Learn what you want, when you want, with access to thousands of online video courses, including a wide range of photography topics and skills. For seven days of free, unlimited, in-depth courses, just visit Lynda.com slash TWIP. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TWIP. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by FreshBooks, the fast and easy cloud accounting solution helping millions of small business owners save time invoicing and get paid faster. You can try FreshBooks right now for free. Just go to freshbooks.com TWIP and enter TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section for a free trial. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. For a free trial and 10% off, just go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TWIP. This week on TWIP, Sony announces the A7 II with 5-axis image stabilization. Also, Adobe reveals more details on a streaming version of Adobe Photoshop. And also, rumor has it, GoPro might start selling drones in 2015. It's Monday, December 1st, 2015, and this is TWIP. Welcome back to TWIP. I am your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Joining me today to jump into the TWIP fray are Ms. Valerie Jardin and Mr. Yevgeny Chabotarov. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, Frederick. Hey, Frederick as well. Yeah, hey. And happy birthday, Frederick. Thank you. I can legally drink now. I'm very happy <laughs> about that, so thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Okay, we have a big show to dive into today. So briefly, what have you guys been up to, Valerie? I know you've got a lot of stuff going on, especially with street focus and workshops and all this crazy stuff. What's happening in the Valerie world? Uh, well, street focus is going well. I'm, I'm trying to get ahead um, a few weeks so that uh, I can travel in peace again and not have to worry about recording too much when I'm on the go. Although I, I, I'm going to try to do a few uh, episodes when I'm uh, when I'm teaching workshops and speaking at conferences and so forth um, and uh, yeah the the it's amazing the the um, workshops are filling up I mean well into the fall of 2015 I just can't keep up and uh, and I just added another one with street photographer Marie Legno who is now located in London and we will teach a she's She's a really uh, well-known French street photographer. And so it's going to be two French photographers teaching a workshop in London for a weekend in May, at the end of May. So All it's right. her territory are now. A, are you going to bring a translator along just so that, you know, people can understand? <laughs> it's actually really funny because we're both native French speakers, but when we speak photography, we switch to English. I love it. Uh, so she and I will run this workshop together for a weekend, uh, last weekend in May. So that's going on the market tomorrow. So. Awesome. All right. Well, yeah. that's at uh, that's at your website, right? ValerieJardinPhotography.com? Yes. Correct. All right. We'll link to that in the show notes, of course. And Yevgeny Chabotarov is here from 500px, all the way uh, from the frigid North America up there in, in uh, Canada. What's going on, man? You, you keep it warm up there? 
I'm trying to keep warm, but you know, it's winter, so uh, that's that's all we get, just like whiteness, right? Like <laughs> the great white space of nothingness. Uh, not in Toronto though, but like if you go outside. Uh, yeah. And that's actually that's what been keeping me busy. Uh, I've been going out a lot with the team, and we were doing some crazy things like flying drones and mm -hmm. crashing drones uh, and uh, <laughs> crashing them. <laughs> uh, crashing is like the most fun part, I guess, right? Uh, well, it depends on the drone. Are you crashing the Inspire One? Because that's uh, that's a three thousand dollar crash right no, there. No, we're crashing the DJI Phantom Two Vision Plus. Okay. Uh, which is still expensive, especially on the parts. So like I'm, I'm well beyond my limit for yeah. the toy repairs, I guess. Mm -hmm. But we've been like soaking them in rivers and like crashing them from the skies, uh, crashing them into the uh, light poles and all the all the all the crazy craziness that. Just you, like, should, you guys should start dogfighting with them. Just do like you know, <laughs> air to air combat. <laughs> Actually, that's already happening. I was I was flying with one uh, with one guy, and you know when you're having two drones in the air, you don't, you have no idea how close or far they are. Like right. the distance, you just you don't sense it. So and like you you can get some near misses. So it's it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So along with that, we've been doing some kind of like other fun stuff, just hanging out, doing. Uh, I was doing workshops, but for the team. So like I was uh, going out with the team and like shooting some waterfalls, cityscapes. Uh, I was doing the uh, Lightroom tutorial and workshop for for our, um, for basically for the team. So like you know we have so many people now that uh, some of them want to get better and like we're, we're doing those things. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. And hey, you brought me on as a, a guest editor for That's your... That's a secret. Yeah. It's That's not secret. supposed to be a secret. Uh... How is that a secret? That is not a secret. <laughs> well, anyone, for, anyway, for, for people who don't know, Frederick is uh, invited guest editor for yes. the month of December uh, to pick his favorite photos on Editor's Choice. And Editor's Choice is is extremely uh, great place for a photographer to be. Less than 0.1% of all photos are chosen in Editor's Choice, so mm -hmm. it's extremely hard to get into one. And when you when you as a photographer get into Editor's Choice, you get massive amount of views and followers and likes. So like if if that's your you know that's a great way to get more exposure, especially for younger and newer artists that don't necessarily have huge followings. So uh, I guess you can now terrorize Frederick with emails and say, like, "Hey, look, bring it on, man, out. bring it on." Because in the end, I'm gonna pick myself. That's you know. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm having fun with it. I posted today about it. I'm having fun diving through there and looking for like new innovative. Uh, sort of shining photographers that are just getting started but having trouble getting recognized. So those are the people I'm looking for. Not the folks that already have gazillions of followers, the people that are doing work that's just as good but aren't recognized yet. So I'm digging yeah. deep and looking for them. So if you are one of those people, you know, post on my Facebook page or hit me on G Plus or something. We'll see, and we will see. All right. Uh, my quick news is if you guys are you f if you guys are familiar with the the podcast, the Candid Frame, uh, hosted by my friend Barian X Perillo. Valerie, I know you know him. You've led workshops in Los Angeles with the Barian X. 
Um, he and well, he interviewed me for his show, and then I interviewed him for my show, and we were talking, and we're like, you know what? We should we should get together and do something. So we're we're in talks right now about him potentially joining this week in photo as another host on the Twip Network, which could be pretty insane. So Valerie, you know Liberian X, right? Uh, yes, actually, we haven't run a workshop together, but we will uh, in a couple of months. So I'm excited about that. And I've I've been listening to the Candid Frame for years. I just love it. I never miss an episode. So well, now you guys will be practically related, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I steal his guests, too, for my show. Well, there you but go. I, I, I email him first. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, I'll be in the same network now, hopefully. Cool. All right, guys. Before we jump into the show, I want to thank our first sponsor for this episode of This Week in Photo, and that's our friends over at lynda.com. And as the holidays approach, what could be more satisfying than giving the gift of learning to friends and family? For a limited time, lynda.com is offering a 20% discount on select memberships. Just go to lynda.com for more information. And remember, with lynda.com, you'll keep up to date with your software. You can pick up brand new skills. You can explore new hobbies with their easy-to-follow video tutorials. Whether you want to learn how to use Photoshop, improve your photography skills, or manage your photos in Lightroom, lynda.com offers thousands of courses covering a variety of topics. You can learn software, creative, business skills, photography techniques, web design, and more. And they've got over 3,000 courses available today, and they add more each and every week. And their courses are taught by industry experts. Lynda.com instructors are accomplished professionals at the tops of their fields and professional and passionate about their teaching. Their courses, lynda.com courses, are high-quality video productions, and the videos are made in state-of-the-art studios. They use screenshots, narration, live action, smart boards, charts, graphics, audio, you name it to get the point across. The point is, no homemade YouTube videos here. And the courses are broken into bite-sized pieces, so whether you have 15 minutes or 15 hours, you can learn at your own pace and on your own terms. And for one low monthly price of $25, you get unlimited access to the entire course library. Now, for me personally, as I mentioned on the show before, I'm on a never-ending quest to learn new things, and the latest new thing that I'm trying to get my brain around is Final Cut Pro 10. So I've been learning this application and using lynda.com as my in-office personal trainer to walk through the application. So I sat down with the computer um, in front of me with Final Cut, my uh, and lynda.com assets on my hard drive that I downloaded for the Final Cut Essentials course. And then I had lynda.com running on the iPad right next to me with the video playing and walking me through each step of Final Cut Pro 10 as I learned how to use the application. And it sort of occurred to me that this was not possible several years ago. This is a priceless sort of walkthrough education of someone that's much smarter than I am on this application, taking me by the hand and showing me step by step how to use Final Cut Pro. And for TWIP listeners, I've worked out a special deal with Linda to provide you with a special offer to access the entire library free for seven days. Just visit lynda.com slash TWIP. That's lynda.com slash TWIP to try Linda free for seven days. Remember, lynda.com slash TWIP. 
And here's a quick look at what's happening this week on the TWIP network. The brand new TWIP apparel store has launched. You can just visit thisweekinphoto.com slash apparel to order your favorite TWIP branded gear. And over on All About the Gear, Doug and I review the new 27-inch iMac 5K Retina. And on Street Focus, Valerie has another Q&A episode and a new street challenge. Plus, over on Your Itinerary, Rob Knight tells us what he takes in his bag when heads to Costa Rica. All that and more is happening this week on the TWIP Network. You can subscribe to all of our shows over at thisweekinphoto.com slash subscribe. All right, guys. First up, this first story is Sony. Sony's in the news again. They keep releasing new toys for us to talk about and play with. So they're building on the success of their A7 series of cameras. So they released the A7, which was the first one, and the A7R. I think those two released in tandem. Um, with the A7R being more for landscape shooters, the A7 being more of a general purpose uh, full-frame mirrorless camera. Then came the A7S, which was insanely, it was and is insanely good with low light. And then now comes the A7 II, which sports full-frame, or not full-frame, but five-axis image stabilization on that full-frame sensor, and Sony's claiming that it can del deliver up to 4.5 additional stops of stabilizing power. So it's a 24 megapixel. Got the, they haven't changed anything, so the a the autofocus system is unchanged, but Sony says that the, the AF system is now 30% faster and 1.5 times better. I don't know where the algorithm is to calculate this, but 1.5 times better at tracking moving subjects thanks to some improvements that they've made to the processor. So, interesting. So, Evgeny, I want to throw this at you first, man. So, I know you're still in the DSLR camp. I think you're shooting Canon. I believe you were toting around that last time I saw you. But when you see cameras like this and Sony continuing to push that ball forward uh, with the popular and the popularity of the A7 series, what do you think? I mean, eight, five axis image stabilization, that's up there with Olympus and their you know, the EM5 and the EM1. What do you think about this? Look, uh, first of all, I'm shooting everything with everything, right? So <laughs> I'm in the Canon camp with 6D, uh, in the Nikon camp with the 110 that I'm shooting. Uh, I got the A7 recently, actually, for the team, and I'm loving it. It's just like, it's such a great format, right? It's just like so light and gives you all the results. Uh, hu huge, huge win for Sony. Um, and I also got the Olympus actually, the MD5, and I'm loving it as well. Like the form factor of smaller cameras is obviously a huge advantage, especially if you're shooting street or even if you're shooting things like landscapes. I don't want to haul around like a huge backpack wor like worth of tens of thousands of dollars of gear mm -hmm. and use only like one lens and like, you know, like it's heavy. Right? Yeah. And then you look at smaller cameras, smaller lenses, and you're like, I really want that. I want to be to travel light. I want to have fun getting to new places instead of and fun, you know, uh, being in a new city, for example. So uh, I played with A7. I really think that a, a, a7 II is going to be a really exciting camera. I like that they moved to the magnesium body instead of kind of like a mix of plastics plus something. Yeah. So it probably will feel better. Uh, Apparently, it's slightly bigger, but not as big, obviously, as uh, 6D or any of the uh, big DSLR cameras. 
so we'll see. Like I'm shooting with a couple of uh, image stabilizer, uh, image stabilized lenses. So when they say four stops, I say three <laughs> in my real life test. So like 4.5 maybe translate to like three, 3.5. It's mm -hmm. still great. Like you can shoot basically at complete darkness with current sensors, with current lenses, and it's insane, right? Like, you know, seeing how it's evolved in 10 years, that's just insane to me. Yeah, that, see, that that's what I wanted to ask Valerie. That was a perfect segue for this. So, Valerie, I know you saw the specs on this camera. I know you're, you're shooting your Fuji cameras, but when you see this, do you think, you know, uh, you know, the, especially the, the system on the A7S, you know, the or the low light of the A7S. Do you need that level of low light performance on your cameras? Um, I probably wouldn't, but I can see how that would be super attractive to some photographers and, and photographers who are shooting DSLR with full frame and are, you know, debating whether or not to make a switch. Now, this seems like this would be kind of a nice, you know, um, mirrorless system for those people. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I've, looking like I'm, a true Fuji girl. This would be a nice <laughs> mirrorless system for those people. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I only experienced the for a very short time the Sony Alpha 6000, which yeah. is just not for me. But it, I was quite impressed with it. It's amazing focus tracking and frame rate. I mean, it was just like nothing else I had experienced even in DSLR before. So I can imagine that those cameras that are probably much more expensive than the Alpha 6000 would be a, a quite an amazing, amazing camera. Yeah, not not for me again. I really, and what the thing is about this, the Alpha 6000, to me, it felt really light and plasticky. I felt like if I drop this thing, it's just going to shatter. I'm so used now to the Sony, which is fairly heavy for the size and very uh, solid feeling. So it was a, a, a big difference to me. Um, and, um, and well, the price, there was a huge price difference too. So I guess uh, that, that makes sense. But right. um, then again, I don't have experience with the, the A7 at all. And I really can't can talk about those. But, but you know, and, and this is to both of you guys. So, you know, we see this... The, the new race, it seems to be low-light performance. It was megapixels, and now it's switched to, to low-light performance and low-noise and low-light conditions. Um, and then several years ago, you remember DSLRs, it was, it was uh, frames per second. You know, so you know we keep getting these new metrics that uh, that we that marketers at these companies are using to lure us into it. But on the low light side of things, I'm thinking like you've getting you hit it on the head. So you say, yeah, you can take photos in darkness with this. Who wants to take photos <laughs> in darkness? You know, I mean, I can see why you know you're you're a spy and you're trying to get shots of you know evildoers doing bad things and you need to get. But like, who would like when do you well, take I shots do. in darkness? I do. I shoot street photography at night all the time, or in Evil dark. Evildoers? Evildoers in pure darkness? No, actually, that's a good point. So I remember being in Havana, Cuba, a couple of years back, and I don't remember what I was shooting with. But as soon as the uh, as soon as the sun is out, there's barely light in the city. So mm -hmm. you're there's like one light bulb on the street and another like light bulb lighting like a small store, yeah. and that's it. So going there with A7S, it just opens you the whole new world of, uh, inst like instead, 
I, I remember myself, let's say like around six or seven years ago, as soon as the sun is down, I'm just packing my camera and going. I'm like, it's if over. I don't have a tripod, that's that's it, right? Now, you know, just like I can go out uh, after the show and just keep shooting. Just right? shoot all night, yeah. 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 See, if I had to choose between low-light performance and megapixel, I'll, I'll go for the low-light performance any day. Yeah. For sure. I mean, that I can use. You're doing street now. Yeah, I'm sure it's to the point. If, yeah, if you're if if you're picking extreme performance, but one megapixel, I'll say you said no. Right. <laughs> so right. it has to be like a balance of both. Yeah, I mean, you you ask la a landscape shooter like Karen Hutton that question, she would pick more megapixels because she's making gallery-sized, <laughs> giant prints. And, and yeah, you're, she's on a tripod too. So yeah, it's it's. I guess the answer, like we always say on Twip, is it depends. You know and. <laughs> And yeah. cameras are subjective. There's so many variables. There's no right answer to this. Like, do you, you people could say, yeah, the A7 II, the A7S, etc., are the best cameras you can buy. But for who? I mean, is it the best for a portrait shooter? Is it the best for a landscape shooter? Is it best for best for underwater models? I think, I think it's the best for uh, a tired DSLR owner who is tired <laughs> of calling around all all his or her gear, and like, that's the perfect customer for that. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah. You got to congratulate Sony though, because they they're on a tear, and you know they are not stopping in terms of, or oh, it doesn't seem like they're slowing down or stopping, because they keep coming out with new things, like not just the eight, the Alpha Six Thousand and the the A Seven series, but also these little action cams that they keep coming out with, and you know the, the DI team at Sony is clearly not paying attention to any of the other Sony drama that's happening in the company. <laughs> Because they just keep plugging along. So kudos to those folks over there that are... And, that and they're, de they're delivering what people ask. So yeah. hey, that's yeah. awesome. Imagine that. <laughs> delivering what the customers are asking for. What a concept. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to mention any other companies that aren't doing that right now. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about it on this show. Unless I get, you know, blamed for uh, bashing certain companies. Um, all right, so that's Sony. So the other company that's in the news this week is Adobe. So Adobe has revealed... So you guys may have recall several twips ago we talked about Adobe and their plans to launch a cloud-based version of Photoshop that could run entirely in the cloud. So this is not like Creative Cloud where you have a subscription and whenever you launch the software, it asks for permission to the server and if you, if you paid up, then it launches. It's not that. This is the, it's like network computing. The brains of Photoshop and the code essentially lives somewhere else, and then you run it on a low-power machine, making that low-power machine seem like it feels, you know, like it might have more power than it does. I have, I have a few issues with this. It seems cool. So I remember back in the day there was a company called Network Computer, or Network Computing, and that was their thing. There was a you'd have this master computer, and even back in the olden days, that was the whole metaphor. You'd have a CPU master computer somewhere, and then just dumb terminals that connect to it, and the main computer would do all the processing, and you get the result back on your dumb terminal, which was dumb, didn't know anything. So now they're talking about doing something similar to this with Photoshop on a through the network global basis. Now, Valerie, when you when you look at something like this, now and this is the perfect question for you because you have for better or worse played the role of the Luddite on Twip from time to time. 
And I mean that with all with all uh, you know respect. But you played you you are not the person that embraces new technology quickly. But when you do, you grab it by the horns and you own it. When you see something like this, as much as you travel and as much as you know, you kind of pick and choose your technology. Does this? Does it seduce you at all? I mean, are you like, oh, I gotta have network-based Photoshop? What do you think? Well, I use Lightroom, so I don't use Photoshop. You're like, what is what is this Photoshop? I haven't used Photoshop in years. Really? Uh, yes, everything I need is in Lightroom. So, uh, no. So what Sorry. if? Okay, flip the script. So Lightroom, you double-click the icon on your desktop. Today it runs from your hard drive. You do your thing and you're out. What if tomorrow? You did not have it on your desktop, and it lived at Adobe in San Jose, and it, you know, all your images lived locally, but the brains of Lightroom lived somewhere else, and whenever, kind of like Google Hangouts, you know, it'd be very similar to that. Well, now that I just ordered my new iMac, why do I need all this power? <laughs> you wouldn't need it. <laughs> I don't need it. Um, so uh, I'll cancel my order. Now, no, seriously, do that. no, that so. That would be good, that I would like, but if I'm traveling and I have really bad bandwidth or something, yeah. uh, what's what's going to happen? Which yeah. happens a lot. I could be, uh, like if I'm at my at my parents' house in France, they don't, it's slow. So yeah. I'd be stuck. I have Lightroom on my MacBook Air and it works fine, so. Yeah, yeah same here. Or if you're on a plane and you want to edit, you know, presumably they'd have some cached local version of it, but then that's that defeats the purpose. Why not just yeah, keep it exactly. local? Evgeny, what about you? When you, saw, when you see something like this, you're you're both feed into cloud computing with 500 px, right? So uh, yeah, so I, I would play like, like the digital yes. profit. Yeah, so yeah. I'll, be, I'll be playing the other side of, of the I guess the the argument. Yes. Uh, again, going back eight years ago, you don't care what kind of data you have because there is no iPhones, mm -hmm. and you don't check stuff on your phone. You receive calls and maybe some texts, right? Mm -hmm. Fast forward eight years later, everybody's doing everything in their phones, watching movies, videos, uh, texting, and Snapchatting, and like God knows what else, right? right. Bunch of stuff. And you have LTE almost everywhere. I know that some of you live in California, so almost everywhere. <laughs> oh, now you're throwing stones. Okay. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, you have Wi Fi in most places. Back in the day, remember when Wi-Fi in Starbucks was paid, and yeah. then it was free but limited to two hours. Oh no, you have to have a card with five bucks on it to get it on the mm -hmm. internet, and then it became free but limited to two hours. And now it's free, free, free. You don't need to sign up. You don't need to do anything. So I, I can just extrapolate that for a couple of years down the road and say, like, look, we'll have Wi-Fi across cities. Uh, thing that New York is doing by next year. The whole New York will be covered by free, ultra-fast, government-run, city-run Wi-Fi, mm -hmm. right? And when you have this and you live in New York City and, and you say, look, I can have the whole power of Photoshop. I don't have to go and invest in, I don't know, in the new iMac and spend like three grand on that. I can just run $10 a month Photoshop that runs extremely fast, no delays, no waiting for those transformations, especially if you're dealing with huge files, mm -hmm. as you might get. It's like I still have this like spinner in my in my in my head when I think about Photoshop. That's why I tried not to use it, right? Because it's so freaking slow. 
So this is a great way to solve it. And uh, I think for the first couple of years, it's going to be extremely buggy, extremely unstable. But then, magically, everybody will use it. Right? You think so? You know, because it's been a couple of years are, since are the you Creative on Cloud, cloud are, you, are you on Creative Cloud right now? I am. I am on Creative Cloud. But in, you in, think that it was a ridiculous idea a couple of years, a couple of years I, ago? I did, and I resisted, but then I acquiesced because I need it, right? And I mean, it works, right? And it, it does work, but for some people, it doesn't. You know what I mean, in terms of the licensing and the moving from computer to computer. And, you know, I've heard horror stories about people, you know, I was going to do, I was on this road trip and I couldn't connect to the internet and Photoshop got mad at me and wouldn't launch. And, you know, what, so that's the thing that pops up in my head is if you, if we go to this distributed computing model, which, you know, I would agree with you, it probably is the future as network speed and availability becomes more and more ubiquitous, of course, it, it seems like the logical next step, but we're back to that whole discussion from 2002 of the digital divide. Not everyone is going to have access to high-speed internet, and what about you know the people that don't? Then yeah, but you're, yeah. well, first of all, it's not it's not like other options are not going to be available, right? Yeah. I think it's something like if you want the convenience of extremely fast Photoshop in the cloud working through all the computations at supercomputer speeds, yeah. this is the premium that you pay. If you're willing to wait and uh, work on your 13-inch MacBook Air that is three years old and like extremely slow, but you need that offline version, then yeah. you're kind of like the outsider that has its all safe, but you're not experiencing who subscribe to that new Photoshop. And I think that will be the marketing message. It's kind of like, look, you don't need to have a powerful computer. Really few people buy those MacBook Pros with like, you know, top specs. Most people buy $200 laptops, yeah. you know, at Walmart. So for those people, they'll be like, oh my God, I'm blessed with having uh, cloud-based Photoshop that I can run on every computer. Or device, right? Or Tablet. device, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, when I think about it, I was as you were talking, I was thinking about like, what did I do today that I needed local computing power? And I think the only thing that I did today that I needed a lot of horsepower for was Final Cut Pro. And, and, you, and you have the 5K iMac, right? I do, yeah. Most people don't. <laughs> That's Most true. people go and buy Walmart, like, the cheapest uh, computer that Walmart sells. Yeah. That's yeah. the majority. For those people, that's a great blessing to have cloud things because they're not uh, subject to all the, you know, slow uh, Photoshop speeds. And if you have the 5K uh, iMac, then you're like, what speed? Like, what slow computing? I don't know. Yeah, I don't you get like everything, right? Yeah. I'm Superman. I have superpower. <laughs> okay, so here's... Okay, say you're Valerie, right? And you're... You you're, you beat yourself into the ground uh, shooting and leading awesome workshops in Paris, and you're on a plane back to Minnesota. <laughs> you know, finally, <laughs> finally, after two weeks, and you're sitting in your your first class seat on the plane on Virgin Atlantic, and you're editing images in this new world of distributed computing. Um, what does that look like, Evgeny? What do, what do you do then? I mean, are you out uh, of luck? You, you will have ultra-fast free Wi-Fi on the plane. On the plane? Come on, have you flown lately? 
I did, and they had Wi-Fi. And but really? more than that, it was free. And I and I was I was almost screaming. I'm like, oh my god, it's it came to that, and now everybody will be chatting and never offline. Like this yeah. was the last place to be offline to read books and just kind of like chill a little bit. Yeah. Now totally. you are online everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> that was the <laughs> last place. There is no respite from the internet. I don't know. You know, it, I'm excited. You know, I'm. But like everything, I approach with cautious optimism, because you know where it could go, right? I mean, and oh, oh, you know, oh. you you said something scary, Evgeny. You said, "Yo, yeah, New York City will be blanketed in government-run internet." That's a little scary. There, you NSA powered. You're an inter- internet connection powered by the NSA. You no worry, scary? we won't look at your hard drive. You know what's scary is that as soon as as soon as the uh, cloud-based Photoshop is the only option, the prices will immediately rise. <laughs> of course, yeah, of course, yeah, because they got to stay in business. And then Adobe would, of course, need giant server farms, and it just goes on and on. Scary, but cool, you know? It's an interesting world we live in. But this is only going to be for educational institutions for quite a while in pilot stage, it seems. Right. So it's going to be a long time before it's commercially released, right? Uh, Yeah. The the, the cloud change, the creative cloud, went much quicker than I ever expected, Mm -hmm. right? They converted everybody within three years. And when they only just started, I was thinking that that's extremely hard. And like to undertake all that and move everybody in the cloud and provide the benefits of being in the cloud was that I think you know I think it's going to happen sooner than than we expect I think like in two two three years everybody will be using those uh, uh, Sony is is having the same thing with PlayStation they have this whatever they call PlayStation Live or something yeah. same idea you have a dumb console and you can run extremely highly detailed games that just run in the cloud and you just get the video feed basically yeah yeah so. yeah interesting interesting it's a it, it sounds from what you're saying Evgeny it sounds like maybe the creative cloud subscription model was a baby step into this fully yeah. distributed computing model Absolutely, yeah. That's a good way to say it. The flip the bit one day and say, okay, uh, you guys are already (laughs) paying a subscription. If you want, you cannot have any software on your computer, and we'll just serve it up to you. You don't have to pay anything different. Just go to this URL, right? Or maybe 500px will jump into the game and create a distributed Photoshop competitor, and then the game really changes. I don't know. You know that we serve Photoshop, that we have a subscription that serves Awesome plus Creative Cloud. Yeah, so tell, like, us, tell us about that real quick, because a lot of people don't know about that. Real quick, you buy Awesome, and you can get the Lightroom and Photoshop, their photography package, for less combined. So you basically pay less than $14 a month for overall package. And obviously, there is a Lightroom plugin to load that to 500px. So this is your whole uh, workflow from as soon as you load photos into Lightroom and through the Photoshop and to the presentation layer and licensing through 500px Prime. So this is like the whole uh, workflow in one in one simple subscription. And didn't you guys just release a new Lightroom plugin too? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. There's constantly updates, so it's just mostly bug fixes for uh, later Lightroom versions. So I think it supports like up to whatever the current one, 5.6, 5.7. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So much stuff to talk about. All right. Um, before we 
continue with the show, I want to thank our next sponsor for this episode of This Week in Photo, and that's our good friends over at FreshBooks.com. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by FreshBooks, the easy cloud solution helping millions of small business owners save time invoicing and get paid faster. You know, as photographers, we capture moments, feelings, vistas, all that cool stuff, even perspectives, but what we don't thing to capture sometimes is the income picture of our businesses. You know, income, your expenses, your billable time, all that stuff. And I think one of the reasons why we don't do that is because capturing all those things is boring. That's a simple fact. It's just boring doing that. We'd rather be out taking pictures. Now, thankfully, FreshBooks offers small business owners and freelancers a way to keep track of their time and money without breaking your workflow or lifestyle. You can invoice your clients. You can do it in mere minutes. Expenses can be automatically imported so you don't have to lift a finger. You can track billable time. Basically, they take the hassle out of running your photography business by joining millions of freelancers and entrepreneurs using FreshBooks to run their businesses. So really cool stuff. And this week in photo and basically anything I do personally business wise is run using FreshBooks. And I've been doing it for several years now and I can't tell you how much time it has saved me in terms of headache and following up with clients and billing and getting paid, all that stuff. You know, their tagline is it, it It says, you know, let me read it here. It says it helps you save time invoicing and get paid faster. And that's exactly what it did for, did for me. I had a stack of things that I had to do, you know, people to reach out to, to, you know, bug about getting paid or all these different things. And once I imported everything into FreshBooks, it basically said, okay, Frederick, yeah, we got this. And they took it over and I get paid, you know, and it just works. I don't think I would be able to run my business as efficiently as I do without FreshBooks. So definitely check them out. And FreshBooks, our sponsor for this episode, is free to try for This Week in Photo listeners. All you got to do is go to freshbooks.com slash twip and enter twip in the how did you hear about us section to start your free trial. So get out there, capture some beautiful moments and your business finances. Just go to freshbooks.com slash twip and enter twip in the how did you hear about us section. All right, guys, story number three, this last story I want to chat about is about GoPro. You guys, you, get, you mentioned drones, but um, some news broke earlier, or actually it was last week, that GoPro, um, and this according to the Wall Street Journal, uh, looks like GoPro is set to make its own drones. And according to the report, people familiar with GoPro's plans say, quote, developing, they're developing their own line of consumer drones to expand from its core business of making wearable video cameras popular with surfers and other sports enthusiasts. Then they go on to claim that GoPro will be selling multi-rotor copters equipped with HD cameras late next year, and they're aiming for a price tag between $500 and $1,000, quote, according to the report. So the drone crasher on the panel here, you get <laughs> So this this made when I saw this come across this made a lot of sense to me because I was you know you see it it seemed like when you look at DJI of course cuz they're they're like the apple of the UAV you know unmanned aerial vehicle market um and their latest entrant was the Inspire 1 which clearly did not have any kind of GoPro association with it in fact it had its own camera on it made by DJI etc so, yeah, of course, it seems like they were kind of distancing themselves from 
DJ or from GoPro, and it makes perfect sense for GoPro to say, "Hey, look at all that blood in the water there." You know, <laughs> let's let's dive in and make our own multi-rotor copters to carry our own cameras around. We can do it better. Exactly. What, what, yeah. do, you, what do you think? You saw this news, Eugenie. What do you think about this? Uh, first of all, it's a rumor, but of course it's a rumor. Uh, <laughs> it's reported by the Wall Street Journal, so it must be true. <laughs> so it must be must be serious rumor. Yeah, when when GoPro was going for an IPO, uh, I read their documents just to see, you know, what the company is all about. And what's interesting is that, first of all, it's the ultimate selfie, right? This is yeah. the the perfect example of how you can do the self-entertaining videos yeah. uh, that are important to you and your friends. And getting that extreme market, obviously, you can expand it ten times with drones and getting drone prices lower, but drone reliability a little higher that yeah. I really wish for. Uh, but they also want to have a community along with that. And, and GoPro just trying to match those two things. It's just like, you know, get a cameras, attach them to drones, and launch something uh, of a community outside of YouTube to get all that footage and like start rewarding the members for most craziest videos and most craziest stunts that they can ever uh, accomplish. Yeah. The other thing is obviously seeing the, as you mentioned, all the GoPro uh, cameras and all those DJIs. Uh, you see how much of the money is just like flying away, right? Because you're not making those things. <laughs> and for, that was like, that is a supernatural step for me. Yeah. Uh, and I think like eventually there's going to be a big fight with DJI and all the other smaller firms that are uh, doing drones and trying to make their own cameras or trying to make gimbals for GoPros. Uh, luckily, GoPro can probably compete better than others, having some cash in the bank from the IPO. So for us, as a, for me personally as a consumer, it's a big win because I would love to see cheaper drones and more reliable drones. <laughs> probably yeah. more reliable than like the ones that crash last. In your lifetime, though, yeah. 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 Uh, and uh, big win, I guess, for the industry. It, 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 you know, obviously there's a lot of legal stuff, and like I don't want to even start in that direction because that's that will that is huge debate whether you know all the drones going to be banned or you'll have to have a real pilot license. So uh, it's actually really interesting that the whole market can be shut down uh, by the nice. government, basically. Yeah. 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 So, when, Valerie, I want to have you chime in on this, too, but um, in one of the previous shows, we talked about DJI and their new community around drone photography, Yevgeny, um, skypixel.com. You may have heard that episode, and Don Komaretska brought up some concerns about that service. What, have you seen it, and what did you think of it? Uh, I've seen it. It looks uh, familiar. <laughs> That's what he said. So to put a fine point on it, because of course you can't. Um, so Don Komarechka brought it up, right? I think it was the day that they launched or the day after it. We had we recorded a twip, and his his contention was that the SkyPixel site looked strangely familiar down to some serious detail level with 500px.com. So you could take it, Yevgeny, as a compliment. You know, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, or you know. Plagiarist? I don't know. <laughs> so, so anyway, the the end of it is the the fact that a company like DJI is is 
continues to legitimize the drone photography space means that it's a legitimate space, period. So, mm -hmm. but you know, people should look at it because everything's free anyway. Valerie, when, Valerie, when you see these drones flying around, you know, in street photography, I can't really see you piloting a drone down over the loo anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's interesting. And actually, I thought that GoPro already made them, but I didn't realize that they were attaching their GoPros on other brands. I didn't get that. Um, so it only makes sense. And the price tag seems reasonable because we know it's going to be quality. I mean, GoPro doesn't make cheap stuff. It's well, the thing you have to realize that 500 bucks is only for one flight. As soon as you crash it, you have to pay another $500. They're revolutionizing the model. That, that's what I found out. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, maybe you should buy flying lessons so that you could get two or three flights out of it. I don't know. You know, actually, my, my son goes is in aviation school, and uh, his university actually has uh, the first drone pilot program, uh, graduate, graduating class. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, but it's for like you know drones. real 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 drones, not, not wait drones. wait wait. What's a real drone? Because a real drone is a predator, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> we're not talking about predators and you know surf or air to surface missiles or anything. We're talking about hobbyist aircraft hobbyist, that but, fly around. You yeah. know how how many of those things can we actually have in the sky flying at all times? A lot. Because a lot. if everybody can buy one for under five hundred bucks. They're going to be all over the place. Exactly. exactly. Now, weren't we supposed to get Amazon to deliver with drones for a while? Remember yeah. that? Yeah, I remember that. That's I, You know, I got a call on that one. That, I got to call it. I don't see that ever happening. I mean, <laughs> I, come on. I mean, because if it was me, you know, I would, and I lived in the hood or something, I'd be like, you know, I'm going to order some socks, and that thing would land, and it would be mine at that point. <laughs> I'm just saying. Amazon will lose so many drones if they ever launch that. Or they would have to restrict it to areas of low crime, and then they would get dinged for you know for that. You know, so. Or those drones will have self-defense mechanisms. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you try to shut it down? Air-to-surface <laughs> missiles, yeah, right there. <laughs> yeah, 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 I don't I, see that happening. I wonder how the, you know, how... It's going to be regulated once we have so many of them. Yeah. And yeah. is it going to be, are you going to need some special license or whatever? You yeah. wonder. Next time you come on, Valerie, you got to have your son come on and, yes. uh, and talk about drone, you know, what he thinks about it, especially from a student standpoint and from somebody that's and so a pilot, yeah. aviation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would love to hear his thoughts on the whole thing because it's. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. I've, you know, I, as I said on the show, I've held off getting one of those because I knew that Inspire was coming, and then now, you know, I saw the Inspire it was three grand. I'm like, okay, I can't afford that right now. Maybe for I'll save up flight. and get it. Uh, yeah, for one, <laughs> for one flight. If if Kenny's um, piloting, I can fly to New Zealand for that. Um, so you know, I'm thinking now that now the market's heating up because I've seen all these different Kickstarters that are launching with different kinds of drones that follow you and. Parrot is out there making these drones that you that can roll around and then f take off and fly, and DJI, and now GoPro is jumping in. So we're seeing, I think we're going to see this competition, this fair market competition heat up, which will bring the prices of everything down, hopefully, and the level of innovation up. So, 
maybe it's time to wait a minute or buy a really cheap one or buy some of some scraps from Mr. Chabotarov over there <laughs> and fly by that way, around. By the way, there is another company called Plexidrone. They're just out in Toronto, like five, ten minute walk from from here, and yep. they just had this Indiegogo campaign where they reached a million dollars, where they wanted to get just a hundred k. And they're building that follow me drones that you just can use your smartphone, not any specialized device, but just like smartphone. And this is like the follow me and, and all these things are like the best self, the ultimate selfie, right? Yeah. It's something yeah. that GoPro is definitely building as well. You know, you're, you're out there kite surfing and your drone is like flying somewhere next to you, yep. shooting you in the nice angles with full HD or 4K. That's so it's gonna cool. It's going to be incredible, yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, there's so many possibilities. Like, you're kite surfing, you're skiing, you're, you know, doing any kind of action sports, or, you know, even commercial applications like weddings or street photography, Valerie. <laughs> but, you know, I'm thinking if I'm skiing or kite surfing and I have to worry about my drone, that's asking for trouble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially for me, because I don't know how to do either one of those <laughs> All right, guys, uh, let's continue this. Wow, this hour goes so quickly. Um, before we jump into the listener Q&A segment, I want to thank our final sponsor for this episode of TWIP, and that's our good friends over at Squarespace.com. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. For a free trial and 10% off, just go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TWIP. And as a special promotion for the TWIP audience, Squarespace is giving away a full year of its most premium level service, and that's valued at more than 288 bucks to a randomly selected listener. All you got to do to enter is just tweet, quote, better websites for all, exclamation point, with the hashtag Squarespace TWIP to be considered. And if you currently have a Squarespace site, post your site URL too, and we might even talk about it on a future episode of This Week in Photo. And remember, Squarespace is constantly improving their platform with new features, new designs, and even better support. Plus, they've got their new metric app for iPhone and iPad that allows you to check your site stats like page views, unique visitors, and social media follows. And Squarespace has an amazing support team that works 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and the fees started just $8 a month, and that includes a free domain name if you sign up for a year. So you can start your trial. You don't need a credit card to start building your website now. Then when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, just make sure you use the offer code TWIP to get that 10% off and to show your support for This Week in Photo. And we here at TWIP want to personally thank Squarespace for their support. Squarespace, it's everything you need to create an exceptional website. Okay, it is time for some listener Q&A. Listener Yannick Krimp writes, I'm an amateur and currently looking to upgrade from a Canon 60D to something else. I need, what it says, I really need better low light capabilities, but also a good AF. I shoot martial arts and chamber music, harps and, harps and stuff, plus the kids running around, etc. Um, we didn't talk that much about the AF side of the Sony a6000. Is there a mirrorless camera that could do the job better than my 60D? I already have relatively fast glass, 1755 28 and a 7200 28. Hmm. You know, this sounds like that A7. <laughs> it, sounds like <laughs> yeah. needs, it sounds like he needs to get the A7. I don't know. What do you think, Valerie? What would you recommend that? Yeah. I, I remember seeing that on the on, on the trip page. Um, mm -hmm. And 
yes, if he's ready to make the jump, I think a Sony would be uh, a good uh, a good good for him. I mean, the A6000 possibly, but now with that um, that um, what was it, A7 II or something, yeah. seems like would be the perfect fit. Uh, but if he has invested a lot in glass and he doesn't, you know, want to to make the switch yet, uh, I had actually suggested uh, in the comments that he gets possibly like a 5D Mark II on the used market, which get get a really good deal right now because the market is flooded, yeah. and uh, and keep his good glass. So. You know that's one way to look at it. If he's if he's ready to to switch to to move from DSLR, you know, a Sony. But if he wants to upgrade his 60D, a gently used 5D Mark II at a at a killer you know used price, it would be a a, a good deal for him. Excellent, excellent. Yevgeny, could could Yannick also, if he wanted to keep the glass that he has, could he go pick up an A7 or something and and get a Metabones adapter for it? Um, I would think no. And I think the having relatively fast glass is the kind of like a caveat here. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think what he's looking is to upgrade to another Canon camera. Mm -hmm. I haven't been following that too closely, but I you know, 7D Mark II is getting really good reviews. Mm -hmm. I haven't looked really closely. You know, probably worth checking out because it's 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 same cropped camera, but just kind of like the definitely a step up or like a few steps uh, up. Uh, I don't know if it's worth upgrading to something relatively uh, more pricey like 5D Mark III or 1DX, but, you know, if he's shooting, uh, what is it? The martial arts. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he can afford one DX. Great camera. Wait, did that say? Did that say martial arts or did it say marital arts? I don't know. Yeah, maybe martial. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess they both need fast, <laughs> fast glass for both of those. <laughs> All right. All right, listeners, if you have a question you'd like us to answer on the show, just visit our website at thisweekinphoto.com and click on the Submit a Question link to send us a question, or you can even send us a voice message, and we may even play it live on the show. That would be great. It is time for our Picks of the Week segment. Guys, you remember, you know how this goes. You can pick anything as long as it's related to photography. Ladies first, Valerie, what is your Pick of the Week? Um, well, this week is actually a challenge, and uh, I did a blog post a few weeks ago. Um, I photograph ordinary obje objects all the time. I think it's all about um, exercising your, somebody had said visual push-ups, which I just love, and I don't know who said that, but I think it was a great phrase. So doing those visual push-ups as much as you can. And sometimes it's hard, I mean, like right now, I'm a street photographer, it's 8 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, not a whole lot of people on the street. And uh, but I still I I want to shoot every day. No matter what I shoot, I shoot every day. And um, so this challenge that I put on my blog post was um, I called ordinary ordinary objects are beautiful. And the idea is to shoot an ordinary ordinary object that could be in your kitchen for you know anywhere in your house, yeah. uh, for example, and uh, make it look beautiful. Uh, so with a shallow depth of field, you know, with uh, creative lighting or, you know, a black and white conversion, 
do something in post processing if you want, you know, to make it look um, different. And um, and this really caught on. And it's funny because on my stream on Facebook, especially, I see every day dozens of posts of ordinary objects, uh, people cool. who picked the idea. And uh, so I, I'll I'll link the blog post because. That's something I shoot all the time. So I put a lot of images as samples. And the idea is to shoot one a week, post it on your social media, and then uh, do it for as long as you want. And uh, it, people will be really amazed how much they actually learn and how creative they get when they, when, when they commit to showing it and posting it then they're going to do it. And it's the same idea as the 365, but it's, you know, once a week, no pressure, but do it really well. Because I think the problem with the 365 is that after a while, you'll just, just shoot anything just to get your picture out. And if you do more of a weekly, then you can really raise the bar and and do a super great job. And it's just one, yeah, one a week. So, um, so go out there and, and shoot an ordinary object and make it look beautiful. Awesome, and where where are you where are people posting those at over on? Oh uh, no no no! It's just I nobody's monitoring this. It's just just an idea that I throw out there. They do it on their own. <laughs> A lot of people say, "Oh, can you look at the pictures?" Like, oh, sorry. <laughs> so email email Valerie for a personal <laughs> critique of your images. <laughs> It's just a, just an idea and keep it fun and uh, you know people can make a, a group out of it and on Facebook or whatever and post their pictures but yep. it's just something to to stay out of a rut you know yep. so yep. sometimes it's tough uh, especially people in the cold climates like us where you know even to be shooting outside on a day like today forget it you know mm. <laughs> even yes. if you're a landscape photographer. Speak for yourselves. It was 70 degrees here in California. <laughs> you get me. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm going there soon. <laughs> we'll save some of this weather for you. All right. Thanks, Valerie. That was a perfect pick. Love it. Yevgeny, what is your pick of the week? Well, my pick is the huge secret that we leaked earlier in the show. Uh, and, that is, <laughs> and that is Fire and PX Editor's Choice. So last month in November, we had 12 great photographers who became editors on Fire PX and picked a lot of photos. You can read more about that on, a, on the blog, iso.firenpx.com. So this month in December, we have another 12 editors that are uh, invited to pick their, uh, their choices and in editor's choice. So Frederick is one of them. And that means a lot. So go check out fireandpx.com slash editors to see the current uh, picks of editors and go uh, nudge Frederick as much as you can because he can pick your photo. Yes, and I that can. would be the best thing that ever happened to you. Wow. Donations accepted? No. <laughs> no bribes. No, no bribes. No, I'm taking this seriously. This is fun because, you know, you, you know, like you said, man, this is uh, this is a way to, to get people that wouldn't ordinarily be recognized to get them some serious recognition and, you know, and bubble them up to the top and get them seen, you know. A lot of the people that we talk to all the time already have these massive followings behind them, and they're continuing to do continuing to do good work and getting more and more people. But the people that are awesome and 
in the periphery or in the outer orbits rarely get seen. So I want to shine some light on those using the superpowers that I have for the month and uh, and see what's out there. So I think that's awesome. Of people happy. Yeah. yeah. I think that's how great talent is discovered. That's awesome. Yep. yep. You know it. All right. Well, cool. Uh, my pick of the week is, you know, I, I try to pick something that, that is actually happening or that I'm actually using right now. And I'm on this, I was on this quest to figure out what the right video editing program was for me to use to do some of the stuff we're doing on TWIP and tutorials and stuff like that. So I was looking at, it boiled down obviously Premiere Pro, because I already have that with the Creative Cloud, or Final Cut Pro 10, which I already, I also already have, but I hadn't used it, literally had not launched the app in a year plus. So I'm like, okay, maybe it's time to revisit it. They've done a bunch of releases. So I, uh, I contacted my friend Chris Fenwick, who runs Final Cut Grill. It's a podcast about Final Cut, and we did a show. So he interviewed me for the show as a newbie, and I asked him all my questions about Final Cut. So it turns out Final Cut seems to be pretty cool. I've been playing with it for the past couple of days, and I even went so far as to dive into the lynda.com essential training for Final Cut Pro 10, and I went through the entire course, got up to speed on it, I think, um, and I purchased this thing, which is also part of my pick. So I have this guy here, and if you can see that. So for the listeners, it's a My Passport Pro from Western Digital. It's a Thunderbolt drive that has a built-in Thunderbolt cable wow. on it right there. And inside of here is four terabytes of, so two two-terabyte drives that are striped together in a RAID format. So this thing is insanely fast. It's very, very fast, and this is what I'm learning Final Cut on. So between that, lynda.com, and Chris Finwick at Final Cut Grill, those are my pick of the week, and you should check all those things out if you haven't. So very cool. I'm excited. I'm excited to get back to playing with this. It's magical. The only thing, the only negative about this drive that I've found so far is the built-in cable because it's not removable at all, so, and it's the weakest point in the chain. So if this cable breaks, then all my data is trapped on here. There's no other Thunderbolt ports on here that I can get my data out of it. I'd have to take it apart and do something or something. I don't know. Uh, but I back everything up. But that is my, my pick of the week. All right, guys, we're at the end of another episode of TWIP. I want to thank our sponsors for their support, and that's our friends at Squarespace.com, FreshBooks.com, and, of course, Lynda.com. Valerie, where can people go to keep up with you and see what you're up to? Uh, Thisweekinphoto.com slash street, or my website, ValerieJardinPhotography.com, all in one word. Awesome. Thank you for putting doing that ordering like that. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, so it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for coming Thank on. Thank you. And Mr. Yevgeny Chabotarov, where would you like people to go to keep up with you? Well, starting Friday, you can find me on thisweekinphoto.com mm -hmm. <laughs> and listen to this episode uh, or go to fireattacks.com slash my last name and yes. just see my photos. Yes, you should. Uh, you should have a redirect. So your last name, your first name, and since you 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 know have ownership in the site, you should be 500px.com/e. That's it. That should get to you. You know. Yeah, I think you should own that. You know, take that over. I'll think about that. It sounds <laughs> sounds like a great idea. 
right? That would be the coolest domain on the planet, 500px.com. You can get 500px.com slash F. There you go. I'll take it. But you could be even cooler. You could be ET. Look at that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Uh, And listeners, be sure to visit our new website over at thisweekinphoto.com and subscribe to this show and all of our shows, including Valerie's Street Focus Show. Just go to thisweekinphoto.com slash street, uh, which is on fire, by the way. Congratulations, Valerie. People seem to really enjoy you and street photography and what you're doing with that show. So congratulations. All right, guys, with that, it is time to take that lens cap off. This Week in Photo is a Pixelcore.tv production, produced by Suzanne Llewellyn, with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar. <laughs>